Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops, with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops, for psychological operations, is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think, and ultimately, how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that shouts so loud to start every fucking show. His wife claims not only can she hear it upstairs, but it also disturbs the cats and pisses off the neighbors next door. And joining me all the way across Omaha with a voice that's even more loud and obnoxious than mine is my co-host, Matt. It also sounded like you were dying before the show got started. You all right there, Big Shoots? Everything going all right? I may or may not be imbibing things that may or may not be improving my mood that are causing Ah. me to cough. You know I vape oh. on the air, dude. I'm just... That's, that's true. I, don't, I didn't know you were vaping. I didn't know I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I was coughing and, and hacking and wheezing, because I, I, I changed uh, coils and yeah. uh, the new so coil. Some more 
a little more potent. Well, no, it's just that the new coil is hitting way harder than the old one that burned out did, obviously. Yeah. So, like, I have to adjust it, and I was trying to dial it in, and it was kicking my ass. So nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what's that's what was going on over here. Good. Was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I should. I've been vaping CBD. I feel very relaxed. Um, but yeah. I'm not tripping balls like everyone says happens with this stuff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but said the Delta Eight, huh? <laughs> no, no. It's just CBD is not a psychoactive. If some to oh. substance and people who try to imbibe it for psychoactivity are doing it the wrong way. Yeah, they're not. They're, they don't have the right stuff. They got to go get other stuff. Yeah, I am certainly glad that at least this stuff has been made legal for consumption across these United States because it's yeah. been a wonderful thing for my intermittent explosive disorder and my anxiety. It's it's helped quite a bit. Intermittent uh, colon explosion? Yeah, man. I know. I feel that, man. It's a rough gig. IED intermittent explosive disorder, but as as I said, the CBD has kept me so entirely calm. I will not disrupt or erupt in anger at you, no matter how much you fucking deserve it. I mean, <clears throat> I do I'm too. Calm. I'm a particular kind of weird asshole. So, <laughs> uh, so we made it through, which so far now, knock on wood, because yeah. I have not seen the last two, the last two oh, Texas chainsaws. Yeah, I haven't even bothered with them. I have seen this one. This is one that I watched on a DVD that a friend of mine copied for me. May he rest uh -huh. in peace. Miss you, buddy. Uh, because, and I quote, but I won't impressionate. This one's pretty decent compared to the last one. Still sucks, but you're going to like it more. I can see why you might like it more, but yeah, I'm... I'm I shared, I shared uh, not, a brain. Not to bury the lead, but I am just as disinterested <laughs> in this one as I was the last one. Maybe they should have come out with this one first. But uh, <clears throat> okay, to give you an okay. idea, to give you an idea, the big, the four main characters are dude one, dude two, girl one, girl two. All right. I may or may not know the character names, but the friend who recommended this for me basically recommended it based on my complaints about the first one. Okay. Like how nothing was, you know, nothing was really like. This the, the does go back to the source material a little bit more yeah. yeah the thing that makes the texas chainsaw massacre actually interesting to me as horror the thing that i want in a texas chainsaw massacre film and all the stuff that i complained about was like dude the backstory of how this family became and how this guy is now faking to be a cop was he a cop before i'm like that shit is infinitely more interesting on all the questions that it arises as to who these people could be than the actual yeah. fucking movie itself and that they left those questions unanswered so gloriously that they decided to make a prequel that it answers them pretty definitively, but in the most unsatisfying and pretty disappointing way. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned, my friend said, it still sucks, but you're going to like this one more. Uh, and that's, I guess, kind of true. So <clears throat> I'm just going to preface that for everybody that's out there. Again, kind of spoiling our review and not burying the lead, just exposing the lead and maybe whipping you with it and screaming bad dog because you're consenting adults that like that sort of thing from us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would know, hope so. We're not here to argue with that. Yeah. I mean, do what thou wilt be the whole of the law, basically. But yeah. anyway, uh, this film is going to still get a fair shot. We're still going to give it all the other stuff that we've given it. And of course, I was significantly less angry at the end of this one than I was at the end of the first one. But I have positive baggage in that a friend of mine gave me this. 
Well, yeah, I'm. I am not. Yeah. At all. Uh, at least this sticks way more closer to source material than the last movie. <laughs> yeah, we we could give it that, but I mean, like, I'm I'm okay with a remake changing things. I'm just not okay with a remake doing exactly everything that Platinum Dunes does with its remakes, except for they did get it right with the Friday the Thirteenth movies for the most part. Although they overexplained things because they could, which is fucking mm-hmm. dumb. So here's your mini review for Friday the Thirteenth. But what they did was make exactly the same Jason movies that have always been made over and over again. And every single Friday the 13th movie is a sneaky remake of the original. True. <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. But they change it enough and then they go really far off the bar and before long Carrie's fighting Jason, which is my yeah. favorite of all of those <laughs> crazy ones. Like, yeah. like the later crazy ones, like uh six and on. Jason versus Yeah, When Carrie a Jedi awesome. Knight takes on Jason, yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay, you could say Jedi Knight, but I'm gonna say Carrie because she's a pissed the, off Carrie teenage girl. Carrie kinda makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. She's a pissed off teenage girl. And also Bernie dies and doesn't get walked around as a corpse, which is a missed thing. Why am I reviewing yeah. other movies? Because I don't want to talk about this one. Well, yeah, and, and, and man, oh yeah, that'd be great. We can hit Bernie's in Camp Crystal Lake. That that'd be just fucking great. <laughs> Jason keep killing Bernie. Doesn't understand why he's still dancing around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but it would actually have to be weekend at Mrs. Voorhees because if you're walking yeah. with his mother's corpse, you might be okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Two guys are just like, yeah, we're gonna have a great vacation. We just gotta keep walking around with this corpse. <laughs> it gotta make Jason think she's having a great time. Hey, she's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while I'm having a wonderful time talking about that, we, we got to get this fucking over with. So let's just yeah, go into the movie. So here's the Legion Patreon ad, and we'll have some music that was featured in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre pre-makequel. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room.
that song is infinitely more enjoyable to listen to than this movie is to watch. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's infinitely more enjoyable to listen to than this trailer. Oh. baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. Why are you doing this? I never had me a little girl before. Kids okay? Where are you taking us? Where are you taking us, sir? Amazing grace. Thomas! What is that? What is that? Come on, boy. People may not know what we say here tonight. By God, they'll remember what we do. Yeah! <sighs> that trailer was unhelpful. That was really just a bad trailer. Anyway. <laughs> the video makes a lot more sense than the audio, but... <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Uh, so we start out with the uh, first 20 minutes. It's August 1930. No, no opening clip, because no narration. So it breaks the streak. But Which is really August. why you're pissed off. It really is. Um, but it's August 1939. Uh, we know it, because it just told us that. A uh, lady who's working uh, in a slaughterhouse. She needs a break. Boss man, she kind of passes out almost boss man thinks she's drunk but really she has a disfigured baby and it's really gross right there well the boss just throws the baby away because fuck that shit and a lady who's dumpster diving finds the baby uh and she's dumpster diving for rotted meat or meat they throw away she also is clearly the grandma-ish lady yeah the grandma character from the first movie yeah from the the uh, last movie yeah the previous movie to this remake well i don't know if they made her younger here or older in the other movie but either way they did a great job of you believing that this was just a few years before we see her at her maddest so anyway uh then we see leatherface he grows up throughout the opening credits and he works at the slaughterhouse uh he's got a fucked up he's got a mask that covers up his face but the slaughterhouse gets shut down and we see that he's actually working for the same foreman that threw him away um but anyway the slaughterhouse is getting shut down and then it cuts to some teens at a hotel and that is our first clip Eric, the only thing you're going to catch in this water is disease. (sighs) Chrissy, come on. No, I'm not going in that water. Consider it the last wish of a soldier? Oh, no. No, you've been getting last wishes this whole past week, G.I. Joe. And you call yourself a patriot. 
You know what I think is patriotic? What? Me driving you across state to go to Vietnam. Again. You going all the way to Vietnam, babe? No, honey. Base camp's far enough for me, trust me. Relax, baby. Today, I'm going to use my tongue in ways the Lord never intended. Is that so? Okay. This may come as a shock to you, but most men are into this kind of thing. I'm sorry. Just a little distracted, babe. I mean, I just keep thinking. How does a person go back there? I don't know how do you do it. Don't make him any more heroic than you, baby, okay? Yeah, but he thinks I'm going with him, Bale. Eric thinks I'm going to Vietnam with him. Well, he's your brother. He loves you. And I'll get over it. Okay. Just close your eyes. Let me see your hand. You're gonna love this. Can I look? Yeah. Eric, you got that from a Cracker Jack well, box. I, I need 17 batches to find the one I wanted. How many? Two. Okay, girls and boys. One of each. And what are the names? Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. Come on. Bobby and Janice. Then where else are my kids gonna live? California. Right by the water. Don't leave me. I ain't never gonna leave you, beautiful. I'll give you everything you want, baby. Starting with this. This is what you're gonna tell him. You're gonna walk right up to Eric, and you're gonna tell him that you're going to Mexico. You're not gonna join him in this stupid war. No matter what some draft card says, okay? Get your bony ass ready, soldier. Moving out at 1,700 hours. What's 1,700 hours? You better be getting some, Dean. Well, anyway, we see the story of two brothers going to Vietnam, but one, uh, one is going back. He seems super excited about it. The other one, it's his first time, and he's not going. He is going to be a draft dodger and uh, head down to uh, Mexico. Um... So, uh, well, anyway, we cut back to the meatpacking plant, and Leatherface shows back up and kills that manager, uh, by sledgehammering him, uh, to death. Then sees a chainsaw that's on a desk and decides, fucking, I'm gonna take that. So he takes it. Uh, then we cut to the kids driving, and the bro keeps lamenting how he doesn't want to go to war. Um, then we see the sheriff shows up to Leatherface's house, and he takes Arlie with him to go get Leatherface, as he says that Leatherface killed the manager. They're driving, and the guy's like, you know, the whole town's shutting down. You people should leave, too. He goes, I'm moving to Michigan next week and all that. So they find Leatherface walking down the road, and as the sheriff goes to apprehend him, uh, Arlie shoots him in the back with his own gun, or actually shoots him in the head with his own gun, and then starts taking all his clothes and stuff, and they head on out. Uh, so, um, and then they get back to the house, and Arlie puts the uniform on, and then they have a family dinner, and that is our next clip. Waterhouse, but more to this town than them fools will ever know. Just a matter of time now before this town's overrun by bikers and hippies. Us, we're staying right here. We will never abandon 
place of our birth. On our own now, people. And alone, we will rise above it all. People may not remember what we say here tonight, but they sure as shit gonna remember what we do. Thanks to the good sheriff here, we ain't gonna go hungry tonight. Matter of fact, we ain't never gonna starve again. Charlie, say grace. Mama, I told you Charlie's dead. It's Hoyt now. Sheriff Hoyt. Ooh, that answers uh, one question. Yep, so he just took Hoyt's identity. Uh, and that ends at 20 minutes, so the first 20 minutes. So if you have anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, this movie is actually cutting off its own foot and trying to run a marathon once again. The stuff that shows Leatherface's beginning, yeah, they should not have cut away to the kids. That was stupid. Yeah, no, they should have kept going on that. Yeah, the momentum that they had and then show him then in the slaughterhouse when he's older as things are closing down. You yeah. know, once you get into the credits, you don't cut away to the kids. Yeah, no, I mean, fuck those kids. I mean, <laughs> no one cares about them. No, you can introduce the kids, but you wait until after the family has dinner. Then you bring yeah. in the kids. Yeah, there you go. You tell the family story all the way up to the beginning, and then you bring in the beautiful to look at people. Yeah. Um, who are going to be less beautiful after a while. Yeah, because the stuff with the family, the build up to that, that is the most solid shit that either of the two movies has done. Yeah. It's oh, still yeah. it's still a little weak, but that sequence where Ari Lee Ermey basically says, this is how we're going to make our mark. They're yeah. going to come for us. They're going to try and take our way of life. We are not moving, and we are going to eat them all. They won't yeah. remember that I'm saying this, but they will never forget that anyone who whoever came here to take our home will be devoured. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what that very eloquently wordy speech that he was trying to make it biblical is saying. Yeah. And I was like, when he said that speech, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why didn't you include something like this in the first one? This is right? where Arlie Ermy shines. This was incredible. That, that subtle undertone of rage was like the best shit mm -hmm. either of these two movies have done. Like, like, he was way better in this one than the first one. Yeah, this speech had me pumped for this film. Mm -hmm. They completely undercut that every time the kids come in. But the stuff with the family and all that stuff, they should have just stayed with the family. And then we didn't even really need introduced to the kids like at all. They're trying yeah. to do too much old school Texas well, Chainsaw Massacre. They want to make you care about these kids. Right. Like, so that when they're getting tortured, you give a shit. But, like, all yeah. you end up doing is is kind of hating them for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and then start the next 20. The kids stop at the family store. And there are a lot of bikers there. Well, girl two tells girl one uh, uh, that her uh, blonde boyfriend, guy two, is not going to go to Vietnam. And girl one is actually happy for him. Says, run, get out of there. And it's like, hey, why won't, why, you know, why do you stick with him? It's because it's in his, she's like, it's in his blood. That's what he wants to do. And the bike bikers, like, scare the girls and bother the girls there. So the kids get in the car. They drive away. Um, while they're driving, the blonde kid in the back, he starts burning his card and his proceeds starts flipping out and they're yelling then we see the lady biker who was in the bar she kind of comes up behind him she has a shotgun and she's chasing the kids well the driver he has a gun handgun of his own and he turns around he's gonna shoot him and then in a really cool scene uh there's a cow in the middle of the road they don't move in time and they plow right through the fucking cow causing a wreck that was actually pretty fucking cool yes 
They spent some money on that shit, man. And they really, really wanted to have you feel what it's like to be inside of an accident. This is the best use of the money that they've done in either of the two films. Agreed. Yeah. They did something Um, interesting with the slick polish this time that worked really well. Yeah. Girl one gets actually thrown from the car and the biker chick then one blocks up and guy one kind of gets out of the car and he's fucked up. Everyone's fucked up. And she's like, you know, I want to, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to rob you pretty much. And then maybe even more like she possibly just going to go ahead and kill him too. Um, and then the sheriff pulls up, or Sheriff Arlie pulls up. As he's walking up, the biker girl, she's like, hey, you know, we were just, I'm just trying to help him out. And he blows her away with a shotgun right away. So you're like, holy f- Fuck. Uh, he, uh, then, uh, he checks the wreckage and he, you know, he's making sure everyone's all right. Then he finds the burnt draft card and gets pissed, you know, fake indignant pissed, but finding his reasons nonetheless. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. He, uh, questions the guys, the two guys, and guy one takes the bullet for guy two and says he's the one burning the card. Um, we see girl one, she's now caught up to the road. She's watching them and guy one sees her and tells her, you know, just stay where you are this is bad and she watches as the cop gets them all into the car has them load the biker chick's body into the car and then they leave this is all recycled shit from the last movie that was kind of like blah where he's basically getting all creepy on them a little bit while cleaning up the accident yeah so um uh then um down the ride over there he questions guy too about what it was like in vietnam the first time he went and guy two talks out of his ass, just probably things he heard his brother say. And you can tell maybe he's not quite believing it. Um, girl one starts going through the car and she's trying to find the gun. Well, dude shows up, the dude who we see in the, uh, last movie with no legs, he shows up with legs. And he shows up to with a tow truck. He's going to tow the car. And he actually finds the gun. Well, the girl hides in the car. And he tows it. Um, the sheriff and the kids, they get back. And uh, Leatherface comes in and takes the dead body out of the car. And the kids kind of freak seeing him. Uh, then we saw uh, the, the car gets towed back to the house. And girl one, she's almost found. And then the guy just pisses right next to her. So he's, he's, he, she's going to be fine. This is like um, a trying to do the creep out shit from the first movie with also the gross shit mixed in where he's peeing right next to her and all yeah. the stuff that the tow truck guy does. Um, I like how he's not as pissed off and angry and evil in this one. He just no. kind of doesn't give a shit until something happens to him, which basically we know what's going to be because that's the question yeah. of, well, if he has him now, he's going to lose him during this movie. He's, he's <laughs> probably going to really lose him during this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and is that what makes him such a pissed off curmudgeon dickhead in that one? Pr- probably. I, I mean, I would imagine it would it would piss me off quite a bit so (laughs) right so yeah i'm guessing that's the case and they do a good job with him where he's a little bit more fun loving and lucky go you know happy go lucky with stuff comparatively he's more of like a chop top character or a hitchhiker character in this movie where he's like acting kind of weird and goofy and having a good time whereas he turns into drayton sawyer in the years to come once he loses his legs he's just a miserable dude yelling at people and hitting them with sticks pretty much um see here all right uh well the guys the two brothers are strung up and the sheriff starts spraying them down saying you have to clean your gotta clean the meat gotta take care of the pigs and uh 
girl one is watching all this. Then the sheriff comes over to guy one and starts suffocating him by wrapping plastic wrap all over his head so he can't breathe. Call back to the other was, movie. Yep, because he was going to be a traitor. And guy two finally comes clean about what's going on. So the sheriff takes a knife and stabs a hole into the mouth of guy one so he can actually breathe. Looks like he then unwinded he ha- cut his esophagus or stabbed through the back of his esophagus a little bit too because yeah. he coughs up blood for a while. He does, yeah. Um, He unhooks guy two and throws him to the ground, then tells him that, you know, hey, your guy just saved your life. You don't even know it. And then we see, uh, we cut to, we see girl two is actually tied to a kitchen table. And that ends that 20 minutes. The stuff with Arlie Army torturing in this film reminds me yeah. of Wolf Creek, like the first Wolf Creek. where I've never seen it, so uh, I can't comment. You, you, you kind of have. This is, that's what they're doing. <laughs> this is what I'm watching now? Okay, Wolf Creek, I got you. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, like I said, this series is often influenced by the series that were influenced by it well yeah i think there's a little wolf creep because that was the thing that mick did was like he was tormenting people treating them like shit beating them making them do things to humiliate them basically like what he's doing here i mean he's torturing them you're watching him fucking torture them and if this is your bag if this is the sort of thing that you're into in a horror film then cool um for me i was just bored it rings hollow i don't feel like they were ever really threatened and it just feels kind of exploitative because it doesn't give that same dangerous feeling that you get from a film when you haven't yeah. seen all of these same actors before, you know? And Arlie Ermey's trying his best and he's acting his fucking ass off and whoever is. is directing him has him pulled back just enough to where he doesn't become comical with what he's doing. He's not as fucking silly. He's actually really menacing and, you know, pretty terrifying. But the two kids he's acting against, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form are ever getting hit or hurt at all. No. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it rings, that whole part rings very much like the last movie and just the mid 2000s that was just let's see how fake brutal we can be um and and get people's ire up think is that when the, the saws came out it was in 2000 or i mean the hostile movies uh, in the mid 2000s yeah it's all around the same time this this yeah. this torture epidemic that this, was wit- yeah. running through films that was coming up yes like how psychologically bad can it get Ooh. it's just like uh, all right i mean i don't know I, I don't mind that being in a film if it is done well, even if it is done in such a way where it is supposed to be making me feel grossed out. But like, if you are supposed to be making me believe that what I'm watching is really happening, you need to have your actors actually sell it. And I did not yeah. buy either of the two youths. The two youths. <laughs> the two youths. I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. The two youths. youths. Yeah, I didn't buy either of the two youths acting performance in this. Um, and the physical acting, there's a couple times I swear I could see the baton was rubber, you know, like, and, and yeah. they did the, it's the type of editing that they did in this time frame as well, where like when they're cutting with each hit and everything, it just, you don't feel it. You don't empathize with the person. It's just like cutting to make a jump scare out of each hit with the baton across yeah. his back or anything like that, which we're coming up on. I know, I know that's in the next 20 minutes where he's torturing yeah. him, but like the type of stuff that he's doing where like he has the plastic wrap wrapped around his head. I usually feel that for most actors, but in that sequence, the way that they shot it and the way that they cut it around and then the way they were focusing in on the brother begging, like, you know, just to you confess, know, like, I just, I didn't buy any of that either. I'll actually say I bought at least the saran wrap around the head. I was like, ooh, that, that, 
that's fucking brutal. But everything else rang hollow. So after that ended, it was just kind of like, all right. It, and then it just went right back to nothingness for me. For some reason, that part, I don't know if it's the franticness or what. That part, I was actually like, okay, I can see that maybe this is going to get kind of good. And, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, got my, you know, blood pressure up a bit. You know, like, holy shit, you know, what's going to happen now? And then, uh, but unfortunately, they did nothing with it and it fell flat again. Okay. Yeah, I could totally see that where even if that least- is working for you, but that didn't. Yeah, at least that was psychological. What's coming up next with the brother is just, yeah, it's too many cutaways and all that, so there's no effect to it. Okay, so they held long enough on the suffocation to where you actually did feel the strain from that. Yes. Okay. Where I was like, oh my God, if this is what they're going to do, I may be very uncomfortable in this movie. And it just- The very planned camera movements that happen during that sequence continually bring my attention to the fact that it's only a movie. It's only Uh, a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. Yeah, like the fact that there are camera movements in that exact moment makes me not be able to suspend my disbelief because the camera motions were obvious where they're moving Mm -hmm. around just to show you that they can do it. And that's that's what like, obviously, it didn't bother you. You didn't notice that. And it was working for you and you were into the you were in that scene and you were suspending your disbelief. I wasn't. Maybe the the camera stuff doesn't affect me as much as uh, kind of what you were talking about with the beatings where, yes, I could see that baton bend. You saw it bend. I mean, they they couldn't shoot around that. And so it's just like, eh. and it, it wasn't very suspenseful. It wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, What's coming well, up? Yeah. Let's just get, let's move on. I get you. Oh yeah. All right. Well, and what we kind of all just talked about uh, in the starting of the next 20 minutes is the sheriff offers Dean a chance and that's our actual next clip. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sadism. Mm-hmm. Back in 1952, Korean War. Yours truly was POW, that prisoner of war for you. And I know what in the hell I'm talking about. Back in those days, there wasn't no rules, no regulations like there are today. You got captured, you had two choices. Starve to death or survive. Now, had to eat, rations were scarce, so well, about once a week, some poor soul was chosen. Chosen? What are you doing? Got to get you cleaned up. We're gonna have company. You don't wanna look dirty for company, do you? This is your lucky day. How would you like to just stand right up here today and just walk right on out of here, huh? I'd like that, Sheriff. Yeah, well, freedom ain't free. You know that, right? I'll tell you what, 10 push-ups stand between you and freedom here today. This shit is what heroes are made of, you know? Well, come on, I'm waiting. Let's give him a program, sunshine. Come on, you can do it. Get those... Wow. So you didn't want to describe it, so you just played a clip? Is that what's going on here? Pretty much, yeah. And he kind of tells an interesting story about maybe how the cannibalism becomes a part of his life, being a POW. Um, Because that's kind of how I read that. I don't know. Maybe you read it different. No, no. I believe that that was at least his excuse. I think he was kind of like, um, is it Albert Fish who had a different story for what happened that he would write to each victim's family and apologize as to why he ate them and then describe how delicious they were and how he cooked their loved ones? Oh, 
Jesus. That's, uh, that's some hardcore stuff right there. <laughs> right. I mean, it reminded me kind of like that. I think that's what they're yeah. winking and nodding at. So there's parts of this, like, again, the stuff that they're doing with Arlie Ermey, the way they're shooting the beating doesn't quite work. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to do it all in one take, and I think they chose what they chose because I think that's the, the take that Ermey may have been on the most, and they wanted to get one solid shot for a lot of the beating. Because yeah. I feel like they thought that was more convincing because it does stay relatively static, but they needed to cut away. And when they do cut away, they cut away on the beatings and you still see the stick fucking bending as they're hitting because they're too yeah. close for the rubber thing. And they're not, you know, it's just, uh, it just, it's, it's, it takes me out of it. Like if I were watching this as a stage play, I probably would suspend more disbelief because they're actors on a stage. What are you going to do? You know, it's theater, uh-huh. but the, you know, they, they had editing, they had money. They filmed a great fucking car wreck where the Jeep rolls over like a billion goddamn times and like pieces of it go flying off. And it's, it's not like that's where the, all the money went because they had plenty of money to sell. Right, this. right, right. I mean, like, you know. They, they spent money on this thing and they yeah. can't get that right? What the fuck? And maybe they're like, this isn't, you know, our audiences aren't going to be watching for that. Now, I will say that I didn't notice that the first time that I watched this film and mm-hmm. this sequence where he was getting at them was working, but then again, I also watched it around this time frame when we were all fucking <laughs> just <laughs> completely numb and didn't know what was going on and wanted intense yeah. shit like this that they were yes. producing badly like this. Because we had just watched thousands of people die live on TV. So help us. Yeah. So I did enjoy this more back then. And this stuff all seems fake and fucking just a bit out there and not quite well done. And there's a lot of choices that they make in this torture sequence of the two guys that I feel bad for Arlie Ermey because, man, he's acting his fucking ass off. And yeah, he's the only thing carrying this scene. Otherwise, I would be laughing this entire time at everything that's happening. But he's still super menacing and he makes it at least feel a little bit like a story. You know, you can suspend your disbelief for him. You just feel like, you know, he's not doing anything. It's a haunted house again, you know? Yeah, right. It's just somebody else is doing something. So fuck it. He's just the guy screaming out in front of the fronted house. <laughs> Almost. Or it's like when you go through a haunted house and you see somebody being tortured in a haunted house, but you know, it's not real. Like part of yeah. you knows that it's not real because, yeah. in, you know, it's in the parking lot of your favorite. It's in the parking lot of your, lot of your to- favorite Toys R Us. <laughs> right, right. Or something like that where they, they, they did a pop up one. Yeah, it's like that where, you know, yeah. it can't really, really be real, but like, it's still kind of creepy. Like that's what Arlie Ermy's doing. He's like a really good haunted house guy right now. Like I'm really buying yeah. him, but I know those people aren't in danger. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, those people are fine. They're beautiful <laughs> actors who are probably gonna suntan after the director yells "cut" because it's probably hot in Texas still. Well, anyway, the sheriff, as we said, beats guys too, who completes the challenge. But then, as he's starting to get up, he gets a stomp on his spine, and he is broken and left laying. Well, girl one finds she's kind of she's going to try to find help, and she finds the biker dude who with the biker chick uh he tells uh tells her what's happening and he says okay go ahead take me there that was a cameraman from wayne's world the one that says i love you man yes. everybody yeah i love you man <laughs> all right i get it <laughs> the tea lady then shows up as she is known uh that's the bigger lady and uh she's talking to the grandma about how hydration is all important as the girl is trying to get loose underneath the table well guy one he gets free from his restraints and he gets guy two up and uh they can get going he's he's trying to get him out of there so um we see girl one she's heading towards the house with the biker dude uh guy one then throws a rock busts a window into the kitchen then he busts in the window frees the girl takes a knife frees the girl and they push the bigger lady up against the door so that uh, no one could get into the kitchen from the rest of the house 
And then they run out. He tells the girl to run for the car. He's going to grab his brother. Well, Leatherface, he's getting ready to... He's hearing all the commotion, and uh, he leaves grabbing a hook. Well, she drives away. As she's driving, Leatherface comes out and hooks her right in the arm and drags her out of the car. That was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that was about the best thing that uh, that fucking dickhead who plays Leatherface in this ever did in this film. That's true. I mean, fuck him. Anyway, um, uh, so then... Uh, uh, so then uh, our Lee, he uh, gets two guys... Uh, uh, by uh, gunpoint, and guy one gets in the way. He goes, "Go ahead and shoot me. You know, I'm unarmed. Do it. Can you do it?" And it seems our Lee can't really get it together to shoot him. And guy two starts running, but he gets snagged in a bear trap. And then our Lee knocks out guy one. And he says, "Why would I shoot you? I'm not done with you yet." Then he walks up and he goes, said something smartass to guy two about getting caught up in a trap, trying to. Oh, he said, "I see. I told you you weren't gonna get be able to leave." Um, and uh, so then uh, girl one and the biker dude they find the house and they head on in uh the biker guy heads in he says you know you're on your fucking own i'm gonna find my girl um so uh we see guy one he is bolted to a table and he looks up and sees biker chick all fucking cut up and you know de-legged de-armed all that shit prepared um, just like uh he was told to do by arlie ermy yes he's butchering uh yep uh girl one finds guy two in the bear trap still and tells him that she's gonna go in get everyone else to come out and get him um well, the sheriff, the girl too, she's all kind of pinned down in another room and the sheriff gets all sorts of rapey with her, of course. Um, we see Leatherface, he starts rubbing Guy One's face and then starts skinning his arm. Uh, that's kind of a, was a gross effect, but pretty cool. Um, uh, it looked great and this was another yeah. one of the things that um, were pointed out to me as to why I would like it more. Um, yeah. we. I mean, if you're going to go gory and you're going to try and be gross, then give me some anatomy gory and gross and they did with this with the skinned arms yep yeah they really did it was uh it was really good yeah and um, i do want to admit that while i fucking hate the guy who plays leatherface i like the actual like leather mask that he had made for himself yeah. earlier you know that covers up the parts that you know where the skin they're missing from him right yeah I, mean, I do too. Any other actor where I wouldn't have to see the actual dickhead's face. Yeah. You know, but any other actor would, would be great. But I like the design and I, I got to give props to the people who came up with that idea. And it makes sense yeah. that before the family becomes 100% cannibals and that he deals with like cows all day, that he would have leather that he would tan and make a leather mask for himself like this. It makes sense. True. Yeah. So the biker, he gets in and he meets up with tow truck guy and shoots him right in the knee. Uh, then the sheriff shows up and he takes takes him hostage biker takes him hostage and that will lead us that's the end of that 20 minutes and that's going to lead us into the final 30 okay before we go into the final 30 um the shot yeah. to the leg i have to definitely comment on that we kind of talked about some of the other stuff we needed to for this 20 uh yeah when he shoots him through the knee immediately i go oh so that's how he loses his leg it has to be amputated yeah. and i'm like but he only got shot in one leg yeah he has a whole nother leg. Right. And I'm like, how did he lose the other leg? I'm like, oh, Jesus, they're going to do something lame. They're going to fucking shit the bed on this, aren't they? This is my thought process, even the first time that yeah. I watched it, right? Uh, uh, they're going to do something to piss this away. Yeah, they're going to shit the bed on this one for sure, right? Like, it's totally going to yeah. fucking happen. And I'm so positive that this is going to happen even the first time that I watch it. I'm like kind of disappointed that he only gets shot in one kneecap. I'm like, why didn't he shoot him in both? You know? Yeah, why not? Just, but I suppose maybe you're conserving your bullets. You know, you already have one guy incapacitated so. right it's six shots is all he got in the revolver and he's not loomis yeah. he's not going to put it in the heart of the same person yeah right <laughs> 
I shot him six times. Right. But a lot of the stuff that's happening, um, I do want to say that I feel like they're showing just the right amount of restraint. We don't actually see what Arlie Ermy is doing to her, but we know from things yeah. that we've heard from the girl that was almost ran over and shot herself and pulled a gun out of her vagina that Arlie Ermy was into all sorts of weird, torturous and sexual torture things. Like, we yes. already know in our head that this is where this guy is going. So we know something horrible is happening to this poor girl in that bedroom. And they do yeah. a good job of really not showing us, but implying things have been happening between the cuts that we're not seeing. You know, like, yeah. and the actress, it's all on her in this to actually sell that whenever she's finally loose. And then when we actually do see her and she's tied down. And I think she does an excellent job of that. And that's probably why those sequences are so uncomfortable. I'm not saying that that's it, it needed to be in the film. I'm just saying that what they did with it works and is effective and it's some of the few moments in the film where I actually feel like someone is in peril and it's all because this actress helped me suspend my disbelief that this overly polished film was so disinterested in having me disbelieve. <laughs> you know, they like, don't care about you disbelieving. They just care that you paid the, for the ticket seat into the movie theater, all right? <laughs> After that, they could give a fuck less what they gave you. Um, girl one, uh, she finds guy one, and his arm is, well, fucked. Looks great, um, though. That it effect looks great, cool. but, yep, but it's fucked. Uh, the biker, he leads the sheriff, and he takes him to girl two and he's like that's not my girl and then the sheriff realizes he goes so oh, you don't want to see the other girl and it was just again it was kind of that actually made me chuckle i was like all right well that's kind of funny that was uh, it was a decent amount of black humor and the yeah. way that arlie ermy actually says it worked out pretty perfect you, you don't want to see the other girl yeah arlie uh, ermy delivers it in a way to where like he likes the fact that like if he is forced to take this guy to see what he's gonna go see yeah. like it's gonna hurt him and he's like yeah let's go play that role let's see where that goes you know yeah let's let's what are we gonna do there well then right after that um leatherface shows up and chainsaws biker dude death uh leatherface then goes back down one st stairs and girl one she actually hides underneath the cutting table that her boyfriend's tied to she bails on her dude even harder well he tells her to because she's trying to get him out of there yeah she can't get any of that stuff done yeah at one point he, he tells her to go ahead and cut off his arm <laughs> I, I i know it's uh, she just she still bails on him and she bails on him way worse than jessica beale's character like yeah. this supposed final girl heroine we we already know what this is the other thing why there's no tension matt we already know the ultimate fate is that family's going to get yeah. away with this no matter what right oh yeah of course like no matter what and happens then none of them are going to die because they they show back up right so we all know that nobody in the family is actually in danger and we all know that the kids are fucked so like why are we even supposed to care about them because we're, we can't cheer for them they're not you're, gonna you're go there just to see how bloody it can get right like and just fucking admit that you know just show me that yeah. story then and just fucking admit it you know don't try yeah. and fool me out that like maybe this person's gonna get away you know yeah right and if you exactly. were gonna if you were gonna do that then you know kill off these kids really quickly and then show me the family that happened a couple of years later you know something fuck so, yeah something better than what we got so anyway leatherface comes down he's he's got his taste for blood now and uh so he fucking goes and uh he he uh kills the boyfriend by chainsawing him in the gut then he starts uh uh cutting up his face takes his face off and makes a mask out of his face so we get a first human face uh leather face 
Uh, girl one gets out. She gets actually to the front door. No one knows she's in there. Uh, there's a very much a moment here where she kind of looks on the field where she can leave, although she hears girl two screaming. So she decides to go back in. Well, the Leatherface is Sheriff. They are trying to help out the uh, tow truck driver dude. His leg. He said, hey, this won't hurt, but maybe a little bit. And has Leatherface cut off the leg with the gunshot wound. Then looks down and goes, well, that won't do. And has him cut off the other leg. And the old lady, Grandma, she's like, why would you do that? And he looks at her and goes, balance? And I again, snickered. Because that was, again, kind of funny. Yeah, but they completely shit the bed. The reason oh, they that, shit the bed. Yeah, this the reason that he loses the other leg is because Leatherface overcuts and cuts the other leg just a little bit. Yeah. And he could have healed and he would have been fine. No, this is just Arlie Ermey's character being a sadistic prick because the uncle was a bit of an asshole to him earlier. Probably, yeah. Yeah, So it's fucking bullshit and it's lame and it's so fucking dumb and they could have done... See, I was picturing that he lost his legs because like the family was starving and he gave them up for them, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, where's like, that would have been cool. Give me a family member that's willing to do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like that, that's the kind of thing that I want to see where like they give up their arm, you know, while they're waiting for the next wave to come through, you know, but we don't get that. We get, he got shot in the leg. So we're going to cut off one leg, but the other leg kind of got nicked. Yeah, so I didn't they even just, see that get nicked. What I saw thought was early Laramie's just so fucking out there and sadistic. He's like, well, fuck it. Now it doesn't, it's not even cut off the other one. Yeah, even if that's the case, it's just really lame the reason that they did it. But this is why the guy's bitter, and this is why he hates the sheriff so much <laughs> yes, <laughs> in the next yes, movie. exactly. But yeah. I still did like the line where she, she's all, she the, the grandma for once is like very concerned and very angry. She's like, why would you do that? She's almost crying. And Armley just shrugs, balance? <laughs> like, are you going to buy that? <laughs> I mean, I think I you I think you just like it because he's trying to get away with something with a lame excuse. And that's like your Emma. Listen. All right. Whatever. No, no need for that kind of exact fucking diagnosis there. Dr. Phil. Thanks a lot. So <laughs> it's OK. I like to uh, dime you out every now and then. And that was worth it. That's true. Um, then girl one, she goes to free girl two, and She's trying to get her out of there. And the sheriff is standing there. Well, she's dragged into the kitchen where her friends are both are girl. Uh, Guy 2 and Girl 2. They're all laying on the kitchen floor. Their fingers on the floor. Uh, Grandma's talking about the biker's tongue that they cut out. And they're cooking. And then she passes out. And we come to dinner time. And that is our next clip. No talking until after I've said grace, asshole. Now, let's give thanks for the bounty that's been given us. By your heads. I was hungry and he gave me meat. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. I was a stranger and he took me in. This family has endured through adversity and pain. We have endured. We have prevailed. We will never, ever go hungry again. Amen. I have a question for you. What involves the family tree, the lineage, if you will? So I guess this one's for the table. You guys fuck all your cousins or just the ones you find attractive? 
blasphemous bitch! <laughs> this is redemption, lady! That's what this is! Oh, you're all gonna pay for your sins, that's right! And especially you! Mama, go take care of Uncle Monty. You know what, Mama? I don't think this one likes your cooking. But who gives a shit? She's gonna be sucking her soup through a straw for some time to come now, ain't she? Come on, Monty. Take a sip. You gotta have something to build up your strength. Just do it. Just do whatever you're gonna do, you bunch of degenerates. I will not have you speak ill of this family. Can I give you an idea? Uh, the uncle guy he's like not even keeping food out it's all coming out of his mouth and girl too when he says yo she doesn't like your food uh they have smashed all her teeth out of her head but they i think just removed them because her face is bruised so they just took teeth out of her head yeah he was yanking teeth out of her head so she couldn't bite yeah. down when he rapes her in the mouth that's what i was yeah, thinking exactly. they were implying that's yeah. that's pretty much what i was thinking yeah and he was showing it he, he was that. showing it off to her friend to brag to her that that's what he's doing without so many words yeah. because uh -huh. it's clear that he's been sexually assaulting her and not you know slowing down with how much more brutal he's getting so yeah exactly so um uh well uh here we go leatherface comes up and grandma says go ahead and uh release the young lady so he cuts in uh girls two's throat killing her then girl one somehow gets loose and she's a little runaway and a little bit of a callback to the first movie she even jumps uh, through she, the window yeah she jumps through the window and runs off and leatherface gives chase well uh arlie's just standing on the um uh, deck and dude too uh, he uh he wakes up and sees his girlfriend dead, so he jumps up behind and starts bashing Arlie's face against the floor, kind of re-saying all the things that Arlie said to him when he was beating the fuck out of him. And we see how Arlie loses all his front teeth. Uh, so then uh, we see girl one hides in the meat plant, and she sees the manager's body. Leatherface shows up, and girl one then hides in a waste container full of blood and parts and guts. It's an awful dude pit. Two, yeah, dude two shows up, and he's calling out for and Leatherface turns and she jumps out and cuts Leatherface. Then Dude 2 starts attacking, but Leatherface guts him with the chainsaw. Uh, she takes off while he's doing that in a car that's just was probably the manager's car. She kind and of bolts she, on him before Leatherface gets the guy with yeah. the chainsaw, but she stops to turn and see him get killed and then bolts on him for real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Well, she sees a cop has a guy pulled over on the street, so she decides she's going to pull over there and, like, get some help. All of a sudden, Leatherface appears in the back seat, chainsaws her through the seat into her stomach, killing her. She Then the car crashes into both the cop and the pedestrian outside the cars, killing them. Uh, Leatherface pops up and just starts walking away, and as he walks away, we have a narration, and it's our final clip. From 1969 to 1973, the Hewitt family murdered 33 people across the state of Texas. To this day, their killing spree is universally considered one of the most notorious and perversely sadistic crimes in the annals of American history. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Roll credits. Thanks, John Lorquette. 
<laughs> yeah, you make things ever so slightly better, even yeah. those last two shitty films, even though the whole sequence was like Blair Witch <laughs> being shoehorned yeah. into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the original. All right, so I don't hate this one as much. Uh, I certainly don't as the the uh, remake that is supposed to be the prequel to. Uh, I don't like it still, but I don't hate it. But it's still got to fuck this movie because I hate the guy playing Leatherface in this so fucking much. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that he's used as sparingly as he actually is because, I don't know. This is more of an R. Lee film. This is more about the sheriff than it is Leatherface. Well, yeah, it's the you know prequel to the remake. The things yeah. I really like about this is seeing how this family gets established. If you were to come at me with a movie kind of similar to this that isn't even trying to be a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, or if you start with this for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, where you yeah. actually show me the plant closing down because you have the money to do that, and they didn't have that in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you see the family start to go, like if you want to do a little pre-make, you know, <laughs> where you yeah. show me a prequel to the original movie, you know, but like not a hundred percent prequel, you know, and then you start your own series there. You do some of that stuff. Or even if you just come into the family when they're partway in, not like clearly the last family or the last person to come across this family, like what they, they did, you know, like somewhere, somewhere before they're completely 100% around the bend deranged where no one gives a fuck anymore and they're all completely rapey and they just get more and more out there with what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To where even bikers are terrified to come anywhere near this town. It's 100% abandoned, you know? Uh, like, yeah. I kind of like that they're doing it way out in the open, and they're basically, like, all of the people that are just hanging out here that are, like, hiding from the law anyway, that they're... they're basically hunting them you know and yeah. they're, they're killing them like the bikers and stuff like i think those are really interesting ideas and they should have hinted at that more something yeah in, in because the... they're like they're mad at the hippies and the bikers it would have been great if more bikers would have shown up and they just kept killing people right or or just have the bikers be the people that we follow you know like it's a group yeah. of not so bad bikers that are just going to meet up with another crew you know or yeah right yeah you know like and just everything they do with the kids is a completely different movie that they're really trying to hit all the points that they thought worked in the first one that people liked where they got to know the kids in that one you know yeah. during the van ride uh and i mean like the first one as in the remake in 2003 that they're doing a prequel to like the mm -hmm. previous film and just like everything that they're doing with the kids is pretty much them rehashing what we've already seen in the previous film and why even bother with that it's like they're just yeah. trying to recapture that but you know why they're doing it because it was a formula that worked the last time and why try and change it too much yeah, hey, the last movie made money, so why change anything? <laughs> right, except they change everything by making it take place beforehand because they killed off the family. And it's like, well, if you were going to do a sequel, why did you kill off the family? You obviously weren't planning on a sequel. So that's right. why you do the prequel. And it's like all the decisions that led them to this movie really bog it down and really make it hard. But man, do they fucking try from beyond all these limitations to really try and do something. And they come really close. And you can see the yeah. high watermark where it's just below being a good film that they hit right before the wave rolls back and, yeah, and right. the film ends. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, you can see them, like, and you're almost rooting for it at certain parts. And then, like, it does something, and you're like, nope, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it cuts out yeah. all the momentum that it's gaining, and you just, you see where it almost gets there. Like, it's so close to where it's almost, like, like almost a decent film, and, like, Platinum Dunes just still can't fucking do it right. Yeah, right. Just sorry. 
Uh, it's just, it's not good. And it's, 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 it's just, just, I mean, you're right in so many levels about how disinteresting it is. Again, I didn't care enough about to name any of the people. I don't know any of the names of any of them. Both of these movies are like a film designed by the executive guy that Ben Stiller played who worked for MTV in yeah. Reality Bites. Like his uh-huh. method of making shows. Like that's what these movies are. Like if that guy started producing films, that's Platinum Dune's whole thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Just that kind of soulless soul patch wearing bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you the person who came up with this or, or, or responsible for a lot of this and character creation had a soul patch, <laughs> but no soul. Uh, we do have some feedback at least. So let's, All right. let's, let's pull the chain on this fucking movie. Yeah, we're going to move on done. to the feedback. We're done. Are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery? Is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world? To answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends, gaming group, and loved ones, Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Siegfried. They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a weekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know-it-all Steve. Visit us at geekradiodaily.com. That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Corinthian leather. vehicle in the sense that he's like a car i think he's gonna be the thing that she rides everywhere she needs to go which is ecstasy from the description of it because he loves her and he needs her yeah i mean that's got to let you know right (laughs) right well first of all it was all right now for everyone with the first song that we were playing and now he's got a lot to let you know yeah 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 Yeah. and i i i got a lot to let you know that it's time for incoming mail 
this this comes from our man Lee Russell from They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. They must be destroyed on sight. Podcast. Hello. This is Marco Kine, award-winning actor. You may know me from such cinematic achievements as the man who would be king and Jaws for the revenge. I'm doing this audio cameo on behalf of someone called Lee Russell. Hmm, must be some sort of Chinese Scott, I imagine, mixture. <laughs> well, it is modern times, so it's okay now from what I hear. Anyway, I'm supposed to wish you well and congratulate you, Court and Matt, on 300 episodes of your Cinema Prolapse podcast. Oh, dear God. Is that the name of the podcast? Is that really... Did Shakira, come over here and look at this. Is that... Oh, Psyops. So, I don't know what that is. What? I don't know what that is. Anyway, congratulations on doing it 300 weeks in a... Is, is that right? Three, 300 bloody weeks in a row of sitting around and talking about movies. I was making movies in my... Jesus Christ. Anyway, good lord, what a waste. Anyway, I'm sure you're thrilled with yourselves at doing such a, what I hear is a fine podcast product of some measure. But frankly, it does not sound as good as me, love, where I sit on a wicker chair made from rolled $100 beers in my palatial state in Spain, where I get drunk all day and fuck me lovely wife Shakira. But yes, congratulations, Bort and Matthew. Um... Here's to 300 more of whatever this shite is you do. And keep the wolves away from the door. Cheerio. (laughs) Bye-bye. That was... uh, 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 I mean, Michael Caine, man, that's amazing. (laughs) I don't think that was actually Michael Caine, dude. Well, I was still a great impersonation, man. Jesus Christ, give the man some credit here. (laughs) No, my lawyers are informing me that I need to stress that that was not Michael Caine. (laughs) (laughs) But but he said he's fucking his wife, man. The humor stylings of Lee Russell of They Must Be Destroyed on Sight are not those of Michael Caine's nor of Cinema Psyops. (laughs) That was, uh, that was decent stuff decent <laughs> i'm laughing aren't i jesus man oh my god that was that uh, was really good you thank remember, you you remember when lee had randy savage record uh, yeah. a congratulations message for us yeah he brought him back from the dead for that so clearly yeah, well, i don't doubt somebody did i don't doubt that lee got michael kane to say those things but i'm pretty yeah. sure that michael kane would not want to be associated with this podcast in any way shape or form no 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 that would be bad <laughs> unless we could actually afford to pay a cameo which would probably be an outrageous amount of money right <laughs> that Ooh, shit was man, funny that though. would be a lot of cash but it probably would sound like that <laughs> it'd probably be like what's a podcast <laughs> yeah you know what man this movie got is more than enough coverage and i don't really want to spend a lot of time editing it so why don't we just go ahead and end the whole fucking show we won't even do tie up news this week <laughs> fucking a let's i i agree let's do it anyway thank you lee that brought us out of the funk that was covering that movie and now we have the energy we need to be able to close this bullshit out 
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. fucking time but there's a really good fucking reason and i wasn't just trying to pat out the show that is the first and only song i know of that has a chainsaw solo in it yeah i mean right that's uh <laughs> that's fine i think that that fucking works have you ever heard the lumberjack from uh jackal before matt you ever heard it before uh i know <laughs>
Really? Wow, this was all over the fucking radio. This was such a gimmicky fucking song, and it worked for them, man. Like, they got a name for themselves with that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was just around the East Coast. Maybe they were just regional. But, like, if you guys out there know of Jackal, know what I'm talking about with this song, The Lumberjack. I mean, it was on MTV and stuff. The dude actually chainsawed a fucking stool as part of his solo and stuff. And they did it live. Like, the guy could perform that solo on the Chainsaw Live. I'm not saying it's a good song. I'm just saying the guy performed his Chainsaw solo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of cool, right? (laughs) Uh, But the song isn't really that great. Anyway, uh, I'm going to play a little more Jackal to try and make up for making fun of the Lumberjack, too. Well, there you go. (laughs) But the people on the main feed will be spared all of this except for us talking about that song. Yeah, right. And that main feed is accessed by going to our main landing and launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. Now, if you are a Patreon subscriber to Legion Podcast, you'll be able to hear the whole pirate radio edit, which is going to have songs that we are actually talking about featured in it as well. We also have a repository for all things memes, which we share for the people. Cinema underscore psyops on the gram of Insta. We also have our Facebook group, which is immediately shared to from the said repository of memes from Instagram. Cinema PsyOps is the Facebook group there, and that's where you're going to get the main memes. I also share it there as Court PsyOps on Facebook. That is also available there as Matt PsyOp, although it is now 21 weeks, and Darren has been surprisingly quiet. I think he just basically threw everything he had at you, and I haven't seen anything, so maybe Darren has something else going on in his life. Don't kink shame me. Okay. Uh, If you would like to try and get an explanation as to what Matt meant by that, PsyOp Matt at gmail.com with email and feedback to him. But he won't respond as he has not done with Darren for 21 weeks now. Is that right, Darren? If you're listening and you still it's care? It's definitely 21 weeks, yeah. <laughs> wow. No one. He's probably going to start hating me, Proxy, because we do a show together. Jesus. You can email... Yeah, I don't feed- think so. <laughs> I'm pretty... I mean, he hears how you talk to me. He's probably just like, well, I should have just listened to you, Court. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can email feedback to Court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Let him know that, yes, you should have just listened to him, him being Court, whenever you're trying to get Matt to do a fucking thing. It's true. It's true. I'm lazy and probably addicted to many things. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that is lazy and <laughs> addicted to many, many things <laughs> known as Twitter. I am at court underscore psyop there, and he is at psyop Matt. So while Matt is out there waiting yet again one more week before getting back a hold of Darren, yeah. I think it's time to kick the fuck out of Matt and this week <laughs> and make it your bitch. A shooting star in a film, no R. I'm floating around ten feet on the ground. I'm floating around ten feet on the ground. I know you like it. I think I like it. 
go. Hey, you hear the buzz this week? I don't hear nothing. All right, awesome. That's good news then. <laughs> Finally, it is defeated. Finally. Ford, on your side yet? I am right now. One, two, three. All right, you didn't skip to like 2013 Chainsaw or anything. You did the remake, right? Or the remake, well, the 2006 one? Yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the beginning. Yes, that is the correct one. Good. I, yes. The titles are going to get even more confusing as we fucking go, so. Of course they are. I tried to put the year in there, and I think the names of the files have the years, too. Is that right? I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah, the years are in there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that'll that'll help. The the year that it came out should help for the next three after this. But we're right. We're we're almost done, man. We're coming out oh, the other side. Jesus Christ! Oh wait, there's only two left. This is the th- the third of the three left. Oh, the please, countdown begins. Be yes. <laughs> Let's just fucking finish this shit. Jesus uh, Christ! You hear this? Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. All right, let's fucking go. And it's infinitely more enjoyable to listen to than this trailer. This shush shushing for you saying aw at the end is going to be perfect when it cuts together. Oh, yeah. Cuts to some teens at a hotel, and that is our next clip. Or, I'm sorry, can I do that again? Bryce Larkin's a dick in this movie. Uh That's actually a character that that actor played from Chuck. Do you remember? No. He was Chuck's roommate who got him involved in all the shit that ruined Chuck's life and made him become a secret agent and then gave him a wonderful life. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That was another one of those kind of soulless shows when you go back and watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Should I keep this shit in here? This what? Us talking over the clip because of how obviously disinterested we are in cover. I mean, it's just, I just put it in here to set up story. I don't blame you. I don't want to fucking explain all of this. It works. It's your brother. See, now it has to go in, right? And at least they cut out the freaking racist terms. Yeah, that helps. You could be spending all of this time that we have emailing Darren back. I give you everything you want, baby. I'm so interested, though. Starting with this. My favorite movie. <laughs> I'm so using that again. <laughs> like, that's what Arlie Ermy's doing. He's like a really good haunted house guy right now. Like, I'm really buying yeah. him, but I know those people aren't in danger. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, those people are fine. They're beautiful <laughs> actors who are probably going to suntan after the director yells cut because it's probably hot in Texas still. Right, one of them's going to hook up with a dude from American Horror Story and have a very long and illustrious career in TV with him. Yes, exactly. And and it, or they're all going to sit there and talk to Arlie about fucking his life <laughs> after this is all done. <laughs> right, they're all going to have a cigarette and uh, yeah. hang out over craft services, and Arlie Ermey's going to talk about what it was really like to be tortured for real because he yeah, probably yeah, because, knows. <laughs> yeah, because he's going to tell them all what the best utensil is to kill a man. Um, <laughs> because he knows. <laughs> Because he knows. Uh, he tells uh, tells her what's happening, and he says, okay, go ahead, take me there. That was a cameraman from Wayne's World, the one that says, I love you, man, yes. to everybody. Yeah, I love you, man. <laughs> All right, I get it. <laughs> we just have to point that out because it was like the only yeah. bit of joy when he shows up in here, and I was just hoping he would tell somebody <laughs> he loves him like that. I, I, I love you, man, and I love you, and I learned the importance between platonic love. <laughs> <laughs> because I know that platonic love can exist between two friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Jesus. We're not doing that movie. Uh, <laughs> Probably had so, more fun with that one. Um, jeez. Uh, no, let's replace. Sorry, asshole. it's just the it's the first time that we actually see that mask is when he hooks the girl out of the truck. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna do here? Uh. Oh, okay. 
And it's all because this actress helped me suspend my disbelief that this overly polished film was so disinterested in having me disbelieve. <laughs> you know, they like, don't care about you disbelieving. They just care that you paid the, for the ticket seat into the movie theater. All right. <laughs> After that, they could give a fuck less what they gave you. Right. But I didn't. I've never paid to watch this movie once. Well, I know. I, I'm just saying. That's that's <laughs> yeah. what they're thinking was. Right. But I'm just, what I'm getting at is the reason I'm probably being a little more lenient on this is I have never paid to watch this movie once. The last movie I, I didn't pay to watch at all, ever. Yeah. I've never yeah. paid to watch the movie, the last one. But I still like this one more. So far, the prophecy I mean, has paid been fulfilled. With your time. That is true. Uh, and I have paid a dear price in that I will not get the hour and 30 minutes that this one is and the hour and almost 40 minutes that the last one was. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm dreading the <laughs> The next hour and if the next one's gonna be yeah whatever that whatever that's gonna turn out to be i've i've heard nothing but bad things for the rest of the series matt so strap in let's get moving well yeah i mean listen i think we all were expecting that after kind of what we got so we're only 52 minutes and we have the last half hour of the movie to go that's how disinterested you are in this I, i'm really just a dude i didn't write a name down except for our <laughs> name and leatherface that's it i didn't write a name that's bad all right, let's just finish this shit off. Jesus fucking right. Christ. Ugh. Uh, all right. Make a move with a twist to the rendezvous. There is nothing to fear, nothing here will do. is out there waiting yet again one more week before getting back a hold of Darren. Yeah. I think it's time to kick the fuck out of Matt and this week <laughs> make it your bitch. <laughs> Ooh, it's gonna be a short episode. <laughs> All the easier to edit it, my lovely. Yeah, that's how little I give a fuck. I'm like, I was thinking about it when we're talking about it. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have to play all this shit back. I don't want to listen to this shit. Right? Oh my god. Let's just make it shorter. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have stopped recording on my side. All right. Here we go. We're ending this shit.